All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. This promises to be a fun, entertaining, and I think very impactful conversation. Uh, I can't get enough of conversations with guys like my guest today who are just taking on life head on and, and charging forward. And in fact, his mantra is always forward. So uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Let's say hello to my guest. His name is Bill Woodich. He is the CEO and founder of Think Next, Act Now, and the founder and CEO of The Woodich Group. Say hello to my guest, Bill Woodich. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd. Well, it's great to have you. Thanks for carving out some time to join me. I know you are a busy fellow and have a lot of things going on, so we're really, really grateful for the time and for you stopping by. But before we get into our important conversation, Bill, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about you and your background. Well, Todd, I came out of a small town in western Pennsylvania, and if you uh if you go back to the roots, it, it's really a factory, and it's a, a factory in a forest is what my, what my future looked like when I started. And from there, I uh, had the opportunity to go to college, and that was a, a strong push for my parents. And one step at a time, always forward, I was able to become the top sales producer at two Fortune 500 companies and decided I always wanted to make a difference for people and do something on my own. And I always had that entrepreneurial itch, and I wanted to build a platform so other people could, could come, a fertile environment, and actually grow to the promise of their potential. So I founded the Woodage Group in 1993. We're a dominant regional insurance brokerage firm specializing in workers' comp, general liability. And I sat on a park bench about four years ago in Australia when I vacation. I go there once a year just to think, reflect, get some perspective, introspection, and see what I want to do next. And I, I felt this pool. I felt this compelling pull to do something different and leave more of a legacy and not contained within the confines of our brokerage firm. So I started another company, Think Next, Act Now, wrote a book, Always Forward, Discover the Seven Secrets of Sales Success, poured my heart into it, and here we are. Very, very cool. Bill, let me ask you this question, and we're just getting started already going off script. A lot of people have that conversation with themselves on that park bench. They sit down and say, ah, just, I want to do something different. I want to leave that legacy. I want to help people. I want to serve mankind in some way, shape, or form. They sit there and ponder that and dream about it, but then they just go back into the usual routine of their life, and they never actually pursue that. What, what was different for you? Why, why did, what, what ultimately led you to actually take action on that thought that you had on that park bench? I like to play life forward and think the what-if question, and I picture myself on a bench or picture myself in a rocking chair, 80, 85 years old, and I think, now, would I have regret if I didn't do something now that I, that now I have no power to do at that particular time? So if I'm sitting on a bench and I, I'm powerless to change anything in my life at that point, and I look back and do I have regret, 
I want to play it forward and I want to feel that. And if I feel that and that's a strong pull, then the next step for me is to take action. Because I know if I don't take action, I'm going to have regret. And to me, the key, of, key in life is two things, to, to know thyself. And that's the Oracle of Delphi for Socrates, to really know yourself, to look inside, what's that voice? What's that voice? If it's a compelling pull, then you have an obligation, an obligation to follow it. And I want a life with less regret. I want a life of sharing, and I have a lot left in me. I just didn't want the music to die inside of me yeah yeah play life forward i wrote that down i'm going to use it and steal it that's i I think the average person listening to this broadcast they don't do that they don't invest enough energy on playing life forward like that and thinking long term about or what what am i going to be thinking about my life when i look back on it in 20 30 40 years why are we so bad at that why why don't more people really focus on that and think long term along those lines We, we just we're just not good at that why well, experientially, I found that a lot of people stay anchored, anchored into a past condition, or anchored in something in the past, and they're skeletons of the past that control their present. And if they control their present, they foreclose the future because they're living still anchored to that past. And they're unwilling or unable, or maybe perhaps afraid, maybe there's elements of fear, to say, you know what, I'm not, I don't know, I'm risk-averse, I'm not willing to take that next step into risk. And to have risk... To have intelligent risk, you have to have a vision. The vision has to play forward. And if it plays forward through the lens of the past, now the past can be prologue for some people, and the past can be a guide or it can be an anchor. If we understand the past and understand that all we have is the present, we can take those steps now, those steps through the face of fear to make a better future for ourselves. And I think that starts with the vision. And it starts with the understanding that we have to look forward. There is no back in life. There's just always forward. Yeah, absolutely. The 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 idea of knowing yourself, though, I, I think it's another thing that that people are 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 not good at really understanding themselves, or or they're not honest with themselves, or they know themselves but they don't believe it, and they try to force themselves down a different path. It's another thing that that we really stink at <laughs> as a human race. Right. Uh, any advice and counsel to someone listening who who perhaps is if they're if they are honest with themselves and they realize they don't really know themselves, any one or two quick steps on, on guiding someone to to truly for the first time know themselves. So I, to, to me, to me, business is a subset of life. So we're going to enter into, into the arena of life, and let's just talk about relationships. When there's a fracture, when you're out of alignment between who you are at your very depth, without denial and delusion, and you're acting in a way that's out of concert with who you really are inside, there's going to be a fracture, a dissonance. That's where unhappiness comes from. If you know yourself, and the self is changing all the time. You know, there's a saying that no man, no man steps into the same stream twice. Your thoughts, ideas, changes, how you look at the world, the, the world, the ideation, it will change. To know yourself is to reflect in the quiet of your room or a place where you meditate or a place on a park bench and really look inside and say, is this what I want? Is this what I want for myself? Is this who I am? And then take, this, take those steps that are in concert with knowing who you are. It, it follows with Shakespeare's obligation that, that you be true to yourself. So know thyself, be true to yourself, is alignment, and alignment to me is one of the keys, one of the founding principles of happiness in life. Yeah. Another way to think about what we've talked about so far, and to put, I don't really want to say a more formal construct around it, but but I've heard you say that you need to act as the CEO of your life. Uh, you need, it's, it's important in terms of how you think, how you plan, and how you act. 
I, I think it's a mindset shift to look at thinking about your life in terms of what a CEO would do for an organization. Talk more about that. Well, as a CEO, you're responsible. At the highest level, you are responsible for others. You're responsible for the welfare of others. And you have two, you have two streams of clients. You have the internal client, your coworkers. Note, I didn't say employees, your coworkers. And you have the external, those people who pay the bills, your external clients who your coworkers serve. And you have a responsibility if you really take it on as such and understand it, for their welfare, the lives of their loved ones, and every decision you make, you're weighing against an intellectual bias, you're weighing it against an emotional feel, and you have these pillars of, or constructs that you, that you feel and grow and think from, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, and physical. As the CEO of your life, you have a responsibility to grow every pillar, to take responsible action and accountability, and many people avoid that I found, avoid that accountability of having to be that person, of looking in the mirror and saying it's 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 about me, it's my my future is up to me. They're always looking for someone else to carry them through and at a certain point you'll lose your value and you get dropped off along the wayside. Build your value as the franchise of you. Yeah. I, I love thinking about that in terms of responsibility. And I think I've just answered my own question, uh, as we discussed earlier, about why we're not very good at some of these things in terms of playing life forward or knowing yourself, because it's hard. And, and, and people don't like to take hold themselves accountable. They don't like being responsible. And that's why they just flow aimlessly down down the the the, the path there and and i mean that's an that's a, a really important way to talk about it go deeper on this franchise of you that's another mindset shift i think that most people would really benefit from from operating them from that kind of a context well i think what you're talking about as well is going down the road is just it's it's more chance and, and, and right, right. people will, will give themselves up to chance or luck and i think that if it's to be it's up to me so that's taking the ultimate accountability, the ultimate reins. And I, I will tell the people who work with me, look, you know, the banks don't cash our personalities. They cash our results. We have to make something happen and win those 15 minutes every day. We have to win 15 minutes of each engagement. And every time you're on the line, you're on the phone, you're in front of a customer, you're pressing flesh, you're changing the dynamic of your life, not only theirs. You're the CEO of your life in every thing you think, that thought becomes a behavior, the behavior that turns to action, that's influence. You can't control, but you can influence. And that's what you do as CEO of your life. You're influencing decision. You cannot control because you'll lose the hearts and minds of your people. Lose the hearts and minds, the bodies are the next thing to go out the door. But hearts and minds, it's influence. There are forms of, of leadership that involve power, and power is finite, or authority. It's situational. But influence, influence, it's transformational and it's exponential. So I look to influence my life, my life with what I think, how I reflect, playing it forward, and not having regrets. Mm. I'm going to think on that a bit. I think that's a, a really cool way to think about it because most people think they have to have control. And as you said, you're, not, you're never going to have full control, but you can influence. That's a... That's a uh, that's a, a cool way to think about this. That, that's going to be fun to, to ponder uh, after we finish this conversation. All right, Bill and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. 
Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpeetler.com. All right, I am back with Bill Woodich, the CEO and founder of Think Next, Act Now, and the CEO and founder of the Woodich Group. Bill, you're also the author of a new book called Always Forward, Discover the Seven Secrets of Sales Success. So I don't think this is your traditional sales 101 book, but uh, tell us a bit about the book and why you had to write it. Well, I had to write the book because I, I was standing in my living room and I was thinking about how can I extend, how can I extend something of value, give something, give something back. And I thought, you know, the first thing is that, that who, do, what, who do we write for? And I think a lot of authors write for themselves. So it's an extension of ego and we want to be ostentatious and we want to show off our learning or in some area. But, but it took me a while to figure out, you know, and think, who am I writing for? Well, I'm writing for that kid on the porch in Iowa, the kid that's in Florida, uh, the person in New York who just wants to see, is there another way? Is there a style? Is there something that resonates in the words? And from that point forward, I started to write. And I started to create and pour from the heart. And then I just poured on the page, whatever the expression of passion was, became prose. And then I tried to refine it for the end user to have takeaways, to have actionable items, actionable steps, an easy way to read and pull ideas that had helped me come from a forest and a foreclosed future in a factory where I started with about 200 bucks to my name and an oxidized brown station wagon with no hubcaps to what everyone in this industry would, would deem a, a, an incredible success. And so I've taken all the ideas, all the concepts, everything I've done, and poured my heart into a book, and it's been extremely well-received. So thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate you putting out out there for us. Yeah. I, I asked a different question, a similar question in the top half of the show, and I ask it again. I, mean, I look at this book, and you, and you and your team were kind enough to send me one, which I will donate to a member of my audience. Uh, the the there's, there's a lot of good material out there. There's a lot of thought leaders, a lot of great authors, a lot of great leaders such as yourself who are, who are sharing their wisdom and their experiences and, and trying to serve uh, humanity and, and, and help all of us achieve uh, a more satisfying, purposeful life. But yet, guys like Bill Woodridge still have to write these books because there's still way too many people stuck. Do you think there's ever going to come a time when, when, when there's going to be enough realization and, and exposure to people such as yourself who are teaching us what you've learned that, that we don't have to keep fighting this battle? I mean, I just, at some, some point, I'm hoping humanity will be enlightened enough that we can all just, we know what to do. We know how to do it. Why do we, it frustrates me that we're still stuck, that most of us are still stuck in, in, this, in this old life. Well, I, I would hang on to the word hope. But, but I think it goes with, the, with human nature, and it's, Paula, it's part of our following through with the, the tribe mentalities back to the days of our ancestors and the, and, the, and the cavemen, where we really followed the group. And we had to follow the group, because if we didn't, we were subject to, 
to the saber-toothed tiger. So if we broke away from the rules and didn't follow those rules, we, we could perish. And I think a lot of people in life follow, and they stop thinking for themselves because they're afraid of making a mistake. So instead of, li- instead of going down deep and, and understanding who they are and what they must have and what they must do, I think we follow a lot of conformity in masses. When a voice comes out and strikes a chord in a book, and that's all a book can do is to strike a chord, you've already got to have the chord. The book strikes, it, it takes that ember and fans it to flame. If, there's, if you find something in the words, it becomes yours. It's not about the author. It's not what the author writes so much as what you take and make, and that's already in your confirmation bias to say, I believe that, I'm going to do that, and that just gives you that power to take that next step because it's about the next step in life, the first step, the next step, the next step, the next step. Life will not support stasis. It will not support you if you stand still. So I think there's going to be a need for a voice, a clarion call, a trumpet that people can follow, that people can follow that has credibility for them. It won't be for all people. You can't be all things to all people. But I think for the right group, every author or different authors really can come up with something where people can follow and say, you know what, it worked for me. Mm, yeah. You know, thinking about your call or your definition of this as a responsibility and, a, and you have to hold yourself accountable, th- th- that process never ends, right? I mean, you don't crack never. the code, read a book, and, and, and get that vibe and say, all right, here's a fundamental change I'm making, and then everything should be fine here. This, this process never ends, right? That's another reason why I think people – don't hold themselves responsible or accountable is because it's it never ends. This process never ends, right? And that's but I want people to see that as a good thing because you because that's how you continue to influence, as you said, instead of trying to control. I mean, this but this process never ends, right? Everything is a process to me of forward motion. Everything is a, a process of adaptation, adopting what you find of value, and then applying what you find for realized value. Learning is a process, and if I was going to stand on top of a mountain and scream until my lungs went out on one, on one concept, it's to always be learning. Always, always, always learn. Open your mind, your constructs. Open that, that bubble of what you think you know, of what we think we know, and expand it and say, what if? And, and, and just take in more thought, because from taking in more thought, more ideas, you can connect with more people. And life is about connection. Life is connection. It's sharing. It's collaborating. That's how we move forward. We don't move forward as solo artists. We move forward together, together. And learning is the key, and it is always a process of improvement, just as it is with the body, the mind will follow. Yeah. As you said, always forward. So. You touched on this in the top half of the show, uh, and I know you talk a lot about this idea, but so many people are just over-encumbered by regret. It, 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 I think it's ruined and ruining so many lives, this, this burden that people feel of regret. How do we, how do we get a handle on that and, and turn that around? You know, for, for me, regret is an emotion that's, that is a useless emotion, because, and we all have it. We all have things that we regret. But to me, the, 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 the key is to lessen the amount of regret by doing those things now and not looking back, regretting that you haven't done it. There's a regret, I think, there can be a regret from doing something, but I think there's also a greater, a greater regret in our profession and in business and in life from not taking those chances, from staying where you thought things were safe. Now, I, I give an analogy in the book. I talk about a boat and I talk about a dock. The dock is the, is the illusion of security in life. And you can stay on the dock. The, the scenery will never change. That's safety and security. With one foot on the dock and another foot on the boat, eventually the boat of opportunity, which is always leaving, 
you'll go in the water. The boat of opportunity is where risk is, where there is less regret because you're taking those intelligent risks to move forward. And going and doing and having that mindset, as you talked about before, having the mindset that if it's to be, it's up to me. Life is forward. No regrets means you take those chances, intelligent risks, get on the boat of opportunity, and get off the dock. Some people need to be on the dock, but others have to be on the boat. The ones who have less regret are the ones that have gotten on the boat, have tried it, failed, tried again, and have prevailed. I think it's important to close our conversation of this next discussion. If someone is, was listening to this and heard the, the, the subtitle of your book, uh, Discover the Seven Secrets of Sales Success, they'd say, wait a minute, Bill, Todd, you haven't talked about, quote, sales at all in this conversation. I think it's important to say everything we have talked about is, is incredibly important to your, quote, sales success, right? Yes. And I will defer to Daniel Pink, a psychologist who wrote, who wrote a book about in reference that everyone sells. You sell every day when you when you want to take your wife to dinner. What restaurant we're we going to? Who's taking care of the kids? Who's I never close those deals. You know, but we all sell. And I have flipped the word sales in the book to enrollment. I don't. You know, we all have a vision in our head. We have a, we have a construct that goes back in our past that we think uh, the first time we hear the word sales, what does it mean? For some of us, like me, it's, a, it's kind of a dirty word. And I've changed it, and I've changed it in this company, and I, uh, and I see a shift, a paradigm shift, really, throughout America, that it's more and more now, because of the information flow, and, and just because of the way to do things, that we're, we're getting away from the traditional sales model, and we're going more into enrollment, engaging people from the heart as people, and not treating them as concepts, but as people, and getting to know them, sitting side by side, not across a desk, and finding out if there's a connection first. And that's why learning is so important. Uh, that's why knowing yourself is so important. And that's why going forward and moving forward and treating that current client as if they're your best and hottest prospect is always the way forward. Always forward. All right. Well, Bill, it's criminal that we're out of time. Uh, you and I have barely scratched the surface on a lot of these discussion topics. And, and gosh, there's so much more we could do. And we frankly haven't even gotten into the seven secrets, uh, which, gosh, we might have to have you back and, and dive into those a bit. But uh, before I let you go now, how can people contact you should they have questions? Where can they get their hands on the book? And where can they learn more about both Think Next, Act Now and the Woodage Group? For the Woodage Group, it's the Wood, it's woodagegroup.com, and for you can you can send me a Think Next Act Now can be under BillWoodage.com. So BillWoodage.com, you can find Think Next Act Now, the Woodage Group.com for the Woodage Group, and the phone numbers are included. And in, uh, the book is available on on Amazon, and it was the number one bestseller on Kindle in two categories recently. It was published in December. Outstanding. Bill Woodich, the CEO and founder of both Think Next, Act Now, and the Woodich Group, and the author of Always Forward, Discover the Seven Secrets of Sales Success. Bill, a real pleasure to have you. Thanks again for stopping by and joining us. Thank you very much. It was, it was great. Yeah, it was a good conversation, and thank you for the time. All right. Again, on behalf of, of my guest, Bill Woodich, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you next time on Intrepid Business. Intrepid Business.